Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I am Timothy Plain. I'm Alark Brussel. And what do we do? We talk about filmmaking <laughs> topics from our point of view. Uh-huh. I have no outline. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know this what is we like, do. <laughs> this is like how far behind we are right now in this podcast is that we've been so busy that we haven't even like planned what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of think it's sort of interesting to do it that way, though, because, um, I mean, we, we both just ended our projects like literally like timothy got back yesterday at like what noon or something you got back yeah i flew back from santiago chile on my two-week production yesterday landed yeah around noon my flight was slightly delayed got home put on my pajamas sat on the couch and watched tv and fell asleep and then yeah that's about it <laughs> it was great what do you the best. What, what do you watch when you're back from a job what did you put on um i caught up on like all the the Late Shows with Stephen Colbert and um, The Daily Show and John Oliver. Like, all the news, the comedy news programs. <laughs> wow, I was like, what, what did t- Trump do in the last two weeks that I missed? Man, you're <laughs> such a nerd. That's so funny. <laughs> I uh, I tried watching Iron Fist last night when I got back from to my house at, like, 9 after another, like, 16-hour day or whatever. And uh, I've watched, like, I think I was, like, present for like 45 minutes of it and like the last five minutes i fell asleep uh but you know it was pretty good i was like i wanted to watch more like it was it wasn't as bad as everyone said it was i don't think i mean there was one a couple a couple characters seemed really shittily written and i was trying to decide like if it was the bad writing or if it was bad acting um but i couldn't make up my mind um but what's iron fist iron fist it's a new come on God damn it, Timothy. It's the new Netflix Marvel show. It's like uh, the final... Two things I don't care about. It's the final one in the series. Like, you know, they had uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and now Iron Fist. And then, like, all those four are going to come together and be the the Marvel TV, like, Avengers, basically. Um, they're called the Defenders. So it's like, you know, another superhero group basically i find it funny that you're so kind of anti hollywood system but you love these marvel things well why, why can't i love them i can love them why i mean i'm not gonna ever direct one i mean i i was talking like when luke cage came out about how awesome it would be to direct a luke cage episode or something you know but i mean yeah i think you know i think i'm a good 20 years away from those opportunities <laughs> i feel like i feel like i'm gonna spend 20 years like making indie movies on my own like fumbling around figuring it out and then like you know eventually one will get some attention and then like as a you know whatever 50 60 year old man i'll like get an opportunity to direct something um (laughs) but yeah i don't know maybe that's crazy at least you're still open to the possibility that one of your movies might actually be successful i'm like ah it probably none of my movies will ever be successful but i'm gonna have fun doing it anyways i mean i'm not saying like you know i I think it's really great to have the whole (laughs) idea that like you you never know what's gonna be popular what's gonna but i mean you gotta say like if if you keep on making movies and if you make enough of them eventually one of them's gonna attract people right like you can't just keep on making things i don't know i mean you hopefully you get better i don't know i mean not (laughs) saying that like ah whatever but uh, I don't. I don't think everyone's going to get the opportunity to to 
advance beyond the place we're all in right now, which is like, you know, just kind of making stuff and keeping making <laughs> stuff that there's no guarantee that something's going to stick. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm just saying, like, if you keep on doing it and you keep on learning, you know, like growth will occur, you know, like yeah, not, not saying. Will occur. Yeah, not saying that everyone's going to get that opportunity to do whatever this or that or the other. But I mean, I feel like the, the opportunity is there for whoever wants it. Um so talk to me about your shoot. How did it go? Uh, um, well, I was wanted to say earlier, like, you know, when you, you texted me at 12 or we were texting and you're like, yeah, I'm, you know, walking back up to my apartment and like finally ready to go lay down after my, my trip. And then I sent you a t- picture of uh, a, a Joker 800 on a on a balcony pointing into an office and then like a pop-up tent covering it. And like, you know, we had just like me and the G&E team, two amazing women like uh, Vanessa and Taylor who came in like last minute, like we didn't even know we wanted a, G- a G&E team for Monday until like Saturday. And then we hired Vanessa on Saturday and then we we're like, we can't have her do it by herself. And then we hired Taylor at like six o'clock on Sunday night and she came in and, and helped out and uh, they were awesome. But like during the lunch break, like right when we called lunch, we had to like go out and take this pop-up tent and cover this light because we couldn't get the pop-up tent to the balcony during the shot because it was like all the equipment, all the crew were in this tiny little office. So we had to wait for them to wrap and then we got it out there. And then by the time we got it up, it stopped raining. But then luckily it rained really hard later. And so it was like really, really good. We had it up there because that light would have gotten fucked if we didn't <laughs> have the pop-up tent. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, yeah, I was working yesterday and... uh and yeah, it's done now. So it went well. It went really well. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of like up and down craziness the whole time. I mean, it, it felt very, it was a very indie shoot, you know, even though we had like a pretty, I mean, overall the larger scale budget was not small, but I mean, we were shoot, we shot for so many days, we shot four days. So like, you know, taking that number and cro- stretching it across four days, suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, we're just doing like super low budget. All, all of a sudden, you know. Um, yeah. Is but, there any any lessons that you took away from there that you think the listeners would like to hear? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's the same lesson. Like, uh, just plan <laughs> plan more. You know, talk more, communicate more. Um, I kind of feel like more communication between everybody would have really helped the project. But I mean, it was really difficult because our DP and our AC came from LA. So they just came in on Wednesday or one came on Wednesday, one came on Tuesday. And then, um, you know, our, my director, Rob, who hopefully we'll have on the show soon, he was in fucking South by Southwest on Monday. He came back Tuesday. So, like, he was there over the weekend for a movie that he produced that that played there that had also played Sundance earlier this year. So, he's, like, you know, bi- you know, biggest, big time of his life. Like, his movie he produced is, like, playing these big film festivals. So, he got back. And, like, I was away that weekend, too, on a vacation. So, like, we were all, like, away and then, like, trying to, like, put out these fires, like, from, at like, remotely and then get ready for the shoot on Thursday. So, it's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, what would I, I say? I don't know. Just um, if you think that you might need it, you need it. <laughs> I think that's another <laughs> lesson. And, uh, you know. And so, what, what do you do? You just, if you think you might need it, go and get it? Or, or just 
plan for it. Like if you think, oh, we can get away without that, or and then even if someone says, yeah, we don't need that, and like you know, two of you agree that that doesn't, you don't need it, but you thought you probably should need it. You probably just need it, and so you should just plan for it because there's a couple things that we I thought we didn't need that I didn't plan for ahead of time that we ended up getting like last minute, you know? Yeah, um, that happened to me on the music video. I was like, I, I think I might need a techno crane and then there wasn't one and I really regret that we didn't have a techno crane in the, in the truck. Timothy, th- we could not afford a techno crane. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Do you know how much that costs? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, you're joking? Okay. That was my joke. I mean, it's my sarcastic, my, my, dry, uh, okay. <laughs> my dry sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, I have a whole list of other things I think we would <laughs> <laughs> needed for the music video that don't include Technocrane that would have made our lives better. But uh, uh, anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just, yeah, I guess just really being prepared for everything, you know, and uh, and communicating with everybody. And if someone tells you it's taken care of and then it's okay, don't trust them. I've, I've said, I learned this every time. <laughs> you've, yeah, you've talked everyone, about this many times. Yeah, I mean, you know, you hear, yeah, it's taken care of, you know, X person's taking care of it. X person's taking care of it. It's fine. Um, do your do your due diligence and and check in and and ask all the questions and you know dot all you know follow the lines because there was a lot that we found out on Wednesday um, on our tech scout that I didn't know that that really heavily affected um, the production. Um, so yeah, I mean it's not anyone's fault. It's because like you know. Like a lot of times the people who are taking care of certain things aren't production people. So they don't know the right questions to ask or the right information to relay to the, to the other people. So you just, you just need to do it yourself, I think, you know, and if, and I didn't have any, I had one prep day, which was the scout day. But if I had been brought on earlier, um, to produce this thing kind of from the beginning and like been handed the budget myself and like been able to start from the, the beginning and then like been in control of like, coordinating with all the different people and talking to like you know the people who runs the run the locations and all this different these different aspects i think there's a lot that could have been avoided you know just by communication um but on the other hand like a lot like some of the biggest issues that we dealt with were unavoidable like like if things had gone to our plan they wouldn't have been problems but then since our plan had to change last second then like other conversations happened on set that shouldn't have had to happen they should have happened beforehand but we didn't know we were going to be in that situation yeah. so of course they didn't happen so it was just like a lot of craziness preparation is so key like the more you can it, yeah. you can be prepared and like you feel like everyone completely understands the plan and you're not figuring things out on set i hate figuring things out on set because it's already stressful yeah. enough as it is and the clock's ticking yeah. and you're like oh, i know i only have this many hours to get this and to like be messing around with like something that you just you you knew pro- you probably should have just planned for it's just really right. annoying. Well, we we had a big like our first day we had a big um, curveball that we couldn't um, predict. Our our lead talent missed his flight, oh, so he wow. was supposed to arrive at like eleven thirty, and then he just completely missed it. And then we're like, well, what are we gonna do? And we had to like the director basically had to rewrite the whole thing and like change. Uh, the structure of the whole video um, around that, you know, and that's where I was like, you guys really should have talked about these things beforehand. Like, why didn't you? And then it's like, well, of course you didn't have these conversations because you didn't know you were going to tell the story in this way. So yeah. it wasn't really anyone's fault. Um, it was just 
the way it turned out. But I mean, I don't know. Like, it's funny. Like all these problems, all these craziness, all the craziness that happened. Um, it, it it worked out every day. Like we got, it looks amazing. It's it's beautiful, fucking piece. It's incredible. And um, you know, we we talk about like on the music video, like you had to like sacrifice a bunch of stuff and cut some things. Mm-hmm. We 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 really rarely cut anything. Like we cut a couple shots, like a couple pieces that he wanted to get in certain scenes, but like really didn't really cut anything. And we added more in. Really, That's great. but yeah, it all worked out, and everyone was happy. You know, like, I had a great great pa i don't know it was it was really it was really fun way to make it happen um, now that you're done i mean what's what are you doing today oh uh, i have returns and um i i actually ended up doing a lot of the budgeting at the end of the day yesterday so like a lot of the numbers are already you know in and 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 you know figured out and everything um but i have a, a few more like receipts to go through and and numbers to add up but i don't know i'm kind of done but now i'm just like trying to get my life back together <laughs> so what, tell me about your project. How did your shoot go? You, like, we, t- there's a little, little, little thing. Uh, the first day, I think it was like maybe 7.30 or something my time. And, uh, I'm like sitting next to the craft service table. Um, you know, I just found out that we lost our talent. Um, <laughs> all these other yeah. things are happening or whatnot. And I think I was texting with you and I was like, ah, it's a disaster. Well, everything's a disaster. And then I don't know if I sent a picture of you uh, to you of me sitting next to the thing. I was gonna take take a picture. I don't know if I did. No, you didn't. But then you were like, "Ah, everything's going good over here. Like, <laughs> kicking back. Production's running smoothly. Everything's perfect. Oh, it's all gravy." I'm like, "You budget?" Yeah, I was like, just like blood. sitting in in Video Village with like the client and the account people, and my creatives were like running back and forth between the director and Video Village, and I'm just like, "Nice, everything's happening. Like, I don't have to jump in." That did not last forever, but at that very moment, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. So the director we used is a music video director, and he had like his music video producer with him who wasn't producing this because it was a commercial uh, on one hand and also just like more money than he was probably used to working with. Um, but he was still there and he was, he like came to me at one point and he's like, man, this is awesome. Like there's like so much money and so many people here. Like this makes things so much easier because he's used to dealing with like $10,000, $20,000 um, budgets for like, you know, a mm. day, a day shoot or something like Sounds that. Sounds like my world or a yeah, little, a little totally. bit above my world. <laughs> yeah. We, we talked a little bit about the music video world and it's like, you know, what we did on that beautiful machines video is not uh that uncommon oh yeah i mean unless you're working with like beyonce you really you know these artists don't have a lot of money and maybe it would be like double what we got on the beautiful machines video but it's really you know it sounds like most of the time directors or production companies are doing music videos as an investment right to you know get other opportunities um you know, like they put money into it to to make it feel more expensive in the hopes that it'll get out there and people see it and be like, oh, I wonder who directed that. And then they'll get some like commercial opportunities because commercials is really where there's money. Mm, you know, yeah. anything else that you do, there, it doesn't pay that much. So like as soon as there's a client involved, you know, people get paid proper rates and that's like how people make a living. So music videos are in a lot of ways are kind of like what we do as short films. They're just passion projects, things on the side, things to like be creative but um, like on on the shoot that I'm doing now, 
We had we built like an entire set. We had miniatures. Oh, really? There, there's a bunch oh, of man. yeah. There's people f- flying on wires, oh. and they're just like and they're saying like, yeah, we would never do this in a music video because we'd never have enough money. So it's like fun to like have all these tools out here and be able to do stuff like this. Yeah, it sounds awesome, man. God, I want to work on that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> it was cool, and I was like, I was texting with Alex Kellerman at one point. Um, he had some like really great opportunities come up and then he he was asking about me and I was telling him, yeah, like I've, I've had like a few producers reach out to me this week about directing jobs and I'm in Santiago, Chile right now working with the DP who shot Manchester by the sea and he's kind of like, dude, that sounds awesome. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I could definitely add a but at the end of that and I could like complain, but he's right. Like, dude, like, Things are pretty awesome. My life is pretty good. It's pretty great. Yeah. You know, if I if I compare it with a lot of other places I could be. And part of the reason I feel that way too is because I watched that Gareth Edwards keynote speech at South by Southwest and it was like, man, he said so many great things and yeah, like he's in such a like privileged place directing Star Wars and Godzilla and stuff, but I think his point, the walk away that I that or the takeaway that I got from what he was saying is like you know the those opportunities are great but at the at the end of the day when like you're done with those movies you still feel like um it's kind of anticlimactic mm. you know and it and it just becomes like a regular job so like as awesome as it is he was kind of like just don't don't think that this is the only way to achieve success like the same thing that we say over and over again he's like the success is just doing it if you make a movie no matter what happens with it like you're a success because you made a movie so i was like just keep making stuff like however you can yeah and it was really inspiring and it's cool to hear like because i think we we brought it up on one episode like what is gareth edwards background and i never knew and he talks about like how he started and like how he got his first directing opportunities and how it eventually led to monsters and like how that turned into everything else in his career. Mm. And it was really cool to hear. Interesting. And he's super, super honest with the story as as he walks through it. Is like it's not like there's these moments where he's just kinda of like, Oh my God, my life is so great. There's still a lot of like self doubt and like wondering if he's wasted his life and wondering if it all adds up to anything. Mm. Um, which is really cool. Like I loved I loved hearing that. And even at the end, like um somebody in the audience asked him a question, um, and he you know something something about how like how great his story turned out and he's like well you know just to be honest like i'm already here at this point in my story so i'm able to go back and like and tell the story in like a nice neat way but like while you're on the journey it doesn't feel like that it doesn't feel like everything's happening in like this nice neat way it's only in hindsight that you can put all the pieces together and make it come like full circle Hmm, interesting you gotta watch it you haven't watched it no i have not had time i just i basically yeah i've been just going crazy um it makes me just want to like stop the podcast and just tell people yeah just watch that (laughs) i mean that's that's our whole podcast we're like 94 episodes deep and it's all said in like an hour with gareth edwards well so done podcast over. See you guys. I, what I like about this podcast and, uh, you know, the just shoot it podcast and, you know, other podcasts like ours is that, you know, we're, we're talking about the details. Like we get into the nitty gritty, you know, and like talk about the exact like situations and the exact things that we're overcoming and the exact situations that we deal with. And, um, yeah, I mean, that can't be summed up in one hour, right? Like that, that can only be <laughs> no. summed up you know, through these conversations. And I, and I even like these episodes that we do every once in a while where they're less focused because 
having these kinds of just loose conversations, I think, is sort of part of what's interesting about, um, you know, the ta- talking about filmmaking and your struggles, you know? Yeah. Well, let me read this iTunes review because I've been thinking about this a lot Sure. Lately. Is this a new one? This is a new one. The last one that was left, March 16th, from Will Springhorn Jr., friend of the podcast. Mm. Uh, he's an actor that's in Spirit Machine. Anyways, let's respond to this. Sure. He says... <laughs> I want to strangle myself every time these guys talk about the doubt and self-loathing that comes from being a filmmaker. These are talented, passionate artists. I want them to up their game on conciseness and repetition of arguments, but how can you fault them? I listen to them really hard and constant argue with their disembodied, unhearing voices as I drive. They make me think about what it means to be an artist, what measure of business and inspiration and recklessness I should attempt to cram into my existence. Full disclosure, I know Timothy from working on Spirit Machine, and I would follow him into the depths of hell. He's a truly good person. <laughs> Ulrich seems to be like, um, you know, maybe a good dude. <laughs> burn, burn. Dude. Burn. But like, okay, the thing that stuck, st- stuck out to me was like repetition of arguments. And he's like, so right. We we do this podcast once a week, so it's only natural that you're going to hear us say the same thing over and over again, or even like come to a conclusion and then forget that conclusion and then come back to it in like three or four months and right. then have to come to that conclusion again. I don't know if that's interesting to people. Like, I think that's t- to me part of the message of the podcast is that you never really like wrap things up nice and neat in life. You're always constantly learning the same lessons over and over again. Right. Like, like you started the podcast saying, like you're still learning the same production lessons every single project you do. And uh, I don't know how helpful it is, but I think it's definitely relatable. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to like just be writing a note about every time we have a conversation and be like, oh, we already had that argument. Can't have it again. Oh, we talked about this already. Can't talk about it again. It's like, no, we you talk about things as they come up. Like, I mean, I've listened to almost, no, I think I've listened to every Script Notes episode. Maybe maybe like not the last two or whatever, but. Yeah. But they, how often do they, they do they it? They do the same thing. Like, I mean, they, they, they've answered the same question probably 10 times from like different <laughs> oh, really? listeners yeah. over the couple the years and they give similar answers every time i don't remember exactly what the answer is but as a listener i don't give a shit like i'll listen to whatever and, and they they say a lot of the same things they have a lot of the same conversations but i mean you know they're growing as they give the do their podcast and so they're changing slightly their opinions and what they're talking about and everything and they're trying to keep yeah. it fresh and I kind of feel like we're doing the same thing, but I I don't know. Like, it's gonna be a little repetitive every once in a while because life is repetitive. And it's funny, like you know, we were just talking about earlier, like the same, like the lessons I was learning or t- my takeaways from this last shoot were the same takeaways from all my other shoots. It's like sure, but <laughs> right. I mean that's just that is life, you know. And I mean, it's not like I'm not learning and I'm not taking away from these experiences. It's just like, these are the really important lessons that you need to really keep on learning and, and nailing in. Maybe that makes me, um, makes me an idiot. I don't know. Maybe I am just a big moron who can't ever get it right. But I, I don't know. I feel like I did a pretty good job. And despite the issues, like we, you know, everyone was happy and everyone walked away from the shoot with a positive experience. And, you know, I just, uh, it's, there's always room to grow, right? It's always room. There's always room to, grow, to get yeah. better. And I think you have to constantly remind yourself, like, what are those, the things that you have to focus on and you're never going to do, you're never going to be perfect at right. it. I think you just get better at it. 
So like maybe like the first time you produce, you let 10 things fall through the cracks. But at this point, maybe you're only letting like half of those fall through the cracks. Right. But are you just dealing with different situations? Like, I mean, I feel yeah. like with the music video, um, there were so many different things that came up that I wasn't, you know, prepared for just based off of the, the uniqueness of that shoot, you know, um, and then there's different challenges with the uniqueness of this other shoot I just did, you know? So it's like, it's not like it's the same lessons from both of those. It's just different things that I had to deal with on different ones, you know? And and sometimes it's right. completely different, like unique situations that are just unique to that specific day or that specific, specific shoot. So I don't know. I think you're always just trying to learn and get better. But I think a lot of the things to me... It's like if you don't plan for something and, you know, you you miss it or this thing happens, like that's one thing. Like, sure, it, like people are going to miss things. Things are going to slip through the cracks. Like things are not going to be thought of. But I think the true um, like test is how you deal with that situation once you're in that situation. And I feel like that's one of those things, like not to brag, but I feel like I'm pretty good at adjusting and, and f- figuring out a solution on the fly that will solve the problem that could have been solved if I had, you know, thought of it earlier or if it had been brought to my attention, you know, a day ago or a week ago or whatever it is, you know? Um, yeah. Cause we, we made it work. I mean, we, we got, per- we got permits, you know, within a week that we needed. We got, um, you know, all the different things figured out that, that might have, like, you know, we, we couldn't bring food into the location. So we set up craft services on, on the street and that worked okay. And we snuck in waters. We snuck in a little snacks here and there, you know, like we had to eat lunch outside. We got tables, we got chairs, we got, you know, uh, placemats every once in a while when we could, uh, for people, you know, so they wouldn't just be eating on a, a terrible table. I mean, it's so funny. Like those are the things I worry about as a producer <laughs> is like making sure everyone's happy and yeah. taken care of. And, you know, in a lot of ways, like that stuff doesn't necessarily matter, but I feel like the crew appreciates no, it. it. Does. And yeah, I think and when so. we wrapped, like, you know, like a couple of crew members said like, Oh, you, you took really good care of us, you know, and you know, whatever. And I was like, ah, I should have done this better. Oh, I'm sorry. I made you eat outside. <laughs> like whatever, you know, but like they yeah. were like, ah, it's, you did good. Like, you know, you, you rolled with it. And it's, and that was really nice to hear. They could tell you were trying that you cared about it, whether yeah. or not you, you got to like with the place you wanted to be, at least you were trying. I was, I, which I was that, being considerate does. of them. Yeah. 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 I always try to put my crew above me. Like, so like if a lunch gets, uh, left out and there's, you know, one lunch short, like I'll let them eat and I'll get lunch later. Or, you know, if there's like one, you know, missing iced coffee, I'll give that to my director and let, you know, cause like I'm okay. Like they are the one who really needs it. I'm not working as hard as, as the director is or the other people are. I mean, I am, but I just feel like they're the ones who really need to be focused in their mind. Cause like they're, you know, they're the ones doing the creative part. Like, I'm just making sure the pieces are moving, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, Will, sorry that we're constantly repeating things, but that's, I think that's just the nature of doing a weekly podcast. There's nothing you can do. About we'll try that. to be more concise, man. But I mean, I think. I don't know if we can do that I, either. I, I don't know. I was, I like literally just before he, he reread that review, I was saying how I like the free flow conversation part. And then he says, right. no, no free flow. I want concise. And it's like, well, 
well, fuck, man. We're, we're just gonna, we're gonna have some episodes where we're more concise on topic and we'll have some episodes where it's more freeform and us catching up. Yeah. That's just the way. Well, yeah, cause this is, this is a so, such a freeform episode. We don't have anything written down. I, we don't even know what we're gonna talk well, about. Well, I, I, right? I have a so question. How can you be concise? I mean, so yeah. you're just saying that like you felt like your life was pretty great and this is kind of coming full circle from like this whole, you know, thing with the just shoot it guys and how we felt after that conversation and all the conversations oh, well, after that. that. That conversation made me like have to embrace like where I am in my life because I, I feel like part of the reason that 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 conversation didn't work for me is because I've been wondering if I'm in the right place for so long for years and years and years and years and like kind of feeling like I need to do something different and need to do something else. And um, I feel like you're really good about just kind of standing up for where you are in your life and saying like, mm. this is where I am. This is who I am. This is what, how I'm pursuing it. But I've always like kind of doubted like whether or not I'm doing the right thing and like whether or not being at the agency is the right thing and whether or not I should be directing more and, you know, talking to those guys and having to like, just kind of face the facts that like, I don't have any other choices right now at this point in my life and I've, or, or that I've made the choices to get to where I am now and just to embrace it. And I feel like regardless of where I could be, if I would have like gone to school in LA or moved to LA like 10 years ago, like where I am right now in my life is pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like the other thing that, that kind of stuck out to me over the last few months is like, I've had several people reach out to me about directing jobs, like me not even trying to make them make something happen. Just like out of the blue, people reached out to me and I was just thinking how special that is to be in a position where like people are reaching out to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it's like thinking about how did that happen? Like, why did that happen? Because you're putting, your, I have you're no putting idea. yourself out there. You I know? guess. But it's like it's it's interesting how like you can spend like so long trying to get these kind of opportunities and being really frustrated that you're not getting them and you're not finding them and you're like talking to everyone you're saying I want these opportunities I want these opportunities and then all of a sudden like there's like the switch that turned on like this year with like people reaching out and it's not like all of a sudden I'm like I'm super busy and I'm directing a whole bunch of stuff and I'm getting paid but it just feels good that in the past two months I've had like a band reached out to me about a music video. I had a producer that I, I've been talking to for years, like reach out to me about directing some stuff outside the agency. I had a producer at the agency reach out to me about directing some stuff that I didn't even know existed. That it's not like I saw and was like, oh, can I direct that? So it was like really, it's it's fun to like all of a sudden be in quote unquote in demand. I know I'm not like <laughs> super in demand, but it's like, it feels good to like yeah. be recognized. And I don't, and nothing's, I feel like nothing's really changed except for maybe the spirit machine got done. Right. Well, maybe because I'm posting on Facebook about the music video that all of a sudden people remember like I'm out I think, there. I, I don't think know. It's definitely, that's definitely part of it because I got a lot of uh, people reaching out to me about producing since the music yeah, video. Yeah, it happened to you too. Yeah, I've yeah. been getting like, I got four or five people about producing jobs or whatnot. And, and you know, I feel like, yeah, it's because you do it. Right. And then people are like, oh, you're doing a good job. You should do it for me. I know you. I like, you know, you're a cool guy. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. You know? Um, and so like part of me is feeling like, ah, geez, like now I'm just going down this producer route. Like I'm not directing anything. I haven't directed <laughs> anything since the rage. And, uh, and I look at you and you've directed like, you know, like four commercials last year, one this year. And now you're doing, you did a music video and now you got other things lined up. And I'm like, man, like Timothy's got to figure it out. Like I got to figure it out. Like, how am I going to direct anything again? Like, this is crazy. But 
On the other hand, I, I am enjoying the producing, even though it's like murder when you're doing it. And like the first days are like, it's like funny. It's like the beginning of the day, each day, I'll be like, this is fucking terrible. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, that, was so, that wasn't so bad. And then, and then the next day, this is fucking terrible. And then like by the end, yeah, no, we did it. That's pretty good. You know? And then like, yeah. it feels the same way. Like at the end of the shoot yesterday, I'm like, oh, we did great. That was a lot of fun. Let's do it again. And then the whole time I'm like, pulling my hair out like this is miserable i want to shoot myself oh god i hate it you know it's true you forget about how hard it is when you're at the end of it like that happened to me on this this shoot that i was doing in chile is like it was one of the toughest productions ever in my career but at the end of the shoot when everyone's happy and we're all high-fiving and hugging and a bottle of champagne is being popped and we're like cheersing each other and we're like yay we did it you feel so good yeah and then you forget about all the the shitty stuff that you had to go through to get to that point <laughs> right exactly yeah i feel like I, that happens on almost every production like i was this one that i did like years ago with my friend uh rob who i just worked with on the this calligraphy documentary project uh I was, I co-produced with him and another producer. And I remember standing out with a DP who's from New York and we're like at this beautiful forest. And we're like, you know, I think it was either before shooting or after shooting or in the middle or like a break or something. And I, it was like so hard. And we, we were just talking about like, Oh yeah, it's like, it was really, it's really tough. And then he was like, yeah. But in about 10 days, we'll look back on this about how great <laughs> and, and, and say how much fun we had. Even though right. how miserable we are right now, like in, in a week or two, we'll be like, yeah, that was actually pretty amazing. And it was totally true. Like it was murder the whole way through. And then by the end, we're like, I was like, yeah, that was really cool and special and fun. You know? <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. And I don't know if that's because of like the final product or the beautiful images that you, that we helped create no matter what position you're doing, or if it's because we just love filmmaking and that's why it's okay later i don't know but it's just an interesting experience to go yeah through. let me ask you this like one one thing that i always struggle with is enjoying the process while i'm like in the middle of it do you have any advice for me to like stop and smell the roses along the way and just like every once in a while I'll be like holy crap this is awesome well if you're with people who um aren't as serious sometimes or like you know matt my my gaffer friend who i work with a lot like he's really good at like you know if it's like afternoon end of the day or whatever or you're you're just slogging through trying to get these shots and everyone's tired like he'll just make a joke or smile or do something and then you know sometimes i've been in the situation where i'm like not in the mood and i just stay serious and i don't smile back but I don't know. My advice is just smile back. Like if someone makes a joke or someone's being silly or someone's whatever, just be silly with them, you know, and enjoy it. Like you're there doing what you love. Like just let the guard down and just smile and laugh and, you know, have fun with it, you know, and, and those moments happen every day. And I think like just being aware of those moments between your crew is what I think really helps to enjoy and just and then that and then doing that helps you enjoy what you're doing no matter how hard it is or no matter how many shots you have or no matter how many hours you're behind your schedule or whatever you know like that just just take a take a minute and enjoy it you know yeah when things got really tough on on the shoot in the past few days um my producer who's french said that there's a, a french phrase that they say um on set that if you're laughing on the shoot you're crying in the edit oh really so like when things get tough, she's just, just like, well, just remember if you're laughing on the shoot, you're crying in the edit. So it's like, and I was like, what is that? Why? Why? Well, that's why like is the exact that, app, like opposite of what I just said, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th I think the point is 
that if you're focused and um, you're you're looking at every single detail, it's like it's not going to be like this carefree, fun thing that you're gonna you know take it seriously. That's not to say you can't like laugh and have fun, but it's just like if things are too easy and you're having too much fun on the set, you're probably letting things slip through the cracks. That's not, and that's not what you're saying. You're saying every once in a while, just break, break the like, seriousness yeah. with like, you know, little fun. Yeah. Like allow yourself to have that moment, you know, like we're all focused. We're all working hard. We're all like, you know, really like trying to make this thing happen and, and not miss anything. But yeah, allow the little moments to come in because like, if you're just all serious all the time, like, you know, that's not why we, any of us became filmmakers, you know, like we, we did yeah. it because we love it, you know? I guess what I find though is that it's really hard to make an entire day fun. No. It's really it's really those moments. Like I remember there's just a few moments on the music video shoot that you know that stand out to my mind is like being, oh yeah, like for like two minutes there I was like either having a lot of fun or like it was just like a break in the day. Um but it doesn't it's not consistent. Like if you're working a ten hour day, you're probably only getting like those moments of levity for like half an hour right. spread out throughout the day. I also think And that's normal, yeah, right? Yeah. I also think it's interesting, like the diff- different people's uh, emotions, right? Like, you know, I think the first day, like I was really like, fuck, this is terrible. And then my director was like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're doing great. And then the next day uh, I was like, oh, we're doing amazing. This is awesome. This is great. I have a lot of energy. This is awesome. My director's like, oh God, really? Oh, we're doing well? Oh, okay. And like that just juxtaposition between people, like if one person is feeling low and the other person's feeling high, like that can help balance each other out and like bring the other person up, you know? Um, so I just feel like, yeah, just let yourself be free and, and enjoy it. And I don't know, like use the energy you have when you have it, I guess too, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, I, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wanted to go back to our careers talk a little bit. Um, so you're finishing post on the music video, obviously. So that's happening. Yep. Uh, you're doing post on this big project that you just produced. Um, yep. So you have a little bit of like you're in post land for a few weeks at least, right? Yeah. Like I thought that after the music video, I would be like in a good place where I could start focusing on artifice again. But then once I got to Santiago, it, like things got crazy and it's been just like two weeks of nonstop work. Uh, like between 14 and 18 hours a day. Mm. So I haven't had any opportunity to even think about it. So hopefully now my brain will be like freed up enough to like start thinking about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough. Like I feel like you, when you lose momentum on a story, it's hard to get back into it. And so like now I'm at least a month away, month out from like being really invested in the story. And I kind of forget where I'm at, but um, Mark and I kept really good notes and we have like a Google doc of our outline. So I'll just go back through, read the outline um, yesterday on the plane. I just kind of like did some thinking about where, where I wanted to head with the story and I'll just kind of like re-engage with it over the next few weeks. And then Mark and I will talk and figure out like what we need to do to like get it done. Mm. But we we have a, we've, we've had several versions of like finished outlines over the past year it's just been hard to get to the point where it feels like that outline is completely working. There's always holes right. that were like, ah, oh, this part doesn't quite work. Let's like refigure it. And then, you know, as we're working on that part, it unravels other sections of it. And then it, and then we're like, oh, well now we have to rework the whole outline. Right. Right. You fill one hole and then another hole pops up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's a lot easier to do in like a 20 page outline than it is to do in a, an entire screenplay. So I'm glad we're still in an outline phase. Yeah. 
I feel like once we're done with the outline, the the script itself won't take long to write. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I just feel like you just need to keep on pushing things, you know, and then see what see yeah. where things land. Um, but uh, yeah, I I kind of like a lot of what you know. It's funny I gave you shit for like saying you know just move forward with artifice without a finished <laughs> script, right? But I feel like yeah. you, you are right. Like you, you like uh, the Rob said something interesting the other day. Like he was saying that there's no he doesn't believe in final drafts. Like you know, they're, you, you're going to be rewriting all the way up till you're shooting. And then while you're shooting, you'll be rewriting as you're shooting, you know? Um, so I think that's like, pr- I pretty much agree with that, you know, that like, you're just, it's just going to keep on changing. So if, if you're wait for the perfect final draft, you're like you said, like you'll be waiting forever. So yeah, I think I, I have enough of a story. I know who the characters are that I could at least put a document together, like a little pitch package and get some concept art done that I get to the point where I could start telling people about this idea and getting them excited and um, maybe even put together like a Kickstarter video. Like I was even, yeah, just thinking like I could, I could easily write a scene from this or like a short for this, go shoot it, put it up on Kickstarter and say, I'm raising money for my first feature. Mm -hmm. Here's a concept film. Here's concept art. Here's what the story's about without even having a finished script. Yeah. Because I feel like I, I know what the story is. I know who the but characters are. I think that's are. dangerous. Just... Like, I think you should at least have one draft. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, like it's different to say, like, I, I'm going in with only an outline and a treatment than it is to say, like, oh, right. I'm on draft three. I know it's not perfect, but I'm ready to start raising money. I think that's different than, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, the just saying, oh, I don't even have a finished script yet. I'm going to go start raising money for it. I mean, you could, right. sure, but, like, like, I think all those things that you just said are so, all the steps are so important. Like, yeah, getting the concept art, putting the pitch package together, like, those, those are, aren't so hard. Shooting the short film, fucking, like, you could spend a year doing that. And, 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 like, that would be, like, you know, maybe not enough time to spend the actual right, right amount of time making that short, you know? Um, yeah. so I just feel like, and then, like, putting the Kickstarter together, like, rushing a Kickstarter, oh, man, terrible idea. Yeah, like, you just, I think that's the, the the point is not that I, I want to rush anything. I think to give me time. Like if I don't put these steps in a place, I might, right. you know, talk myself out of doing them just to like move forward and be like, all right, well, what are the pieces that I need for my Kickstarter campaign? And what, what would be the scene that I shoot if I wanted to shoot like a concept film for yeah. it? And then schedule wise, like if I wanted to use the actress that I used in my concept short for the feature, like how would I have to schedule that to make sure that like my raise my money on Kickstarter and is able to shoot with her right away before like I lost her to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think just thinking about it and moving forward as if it's happening is going to help me like to help keep some momentum. Right. So it's not like I'm like, I don't want it to sound like I'm rushing to go do stuff. I think it's more of just about like treating it as a real thing rather than as a, well, I'll get to that stuff when yeah. my screenplay is done and just start, start making it happen. It's exactly what I did with spirit machine. I had no script when I started producing spirit machine. Mm. Not that that movie turned out great, <laughs> but I think the point is, is like the reason that that movie was able to happen was because I didn't wait and I just started and I started to put things together and the process of putting it together helped me finish the screenplay because part of the thing with low budget is you have to figure out what your resources are before you can completely finish the screenplay if you try to back in to something that's completely finished sometimes it's hard because you're like well I can't pull that off at the at the budget I want 
Yeah. So, you know, being a little bit loose with it and then kind of figuring things out and figure out what's doable and then working your script around, like, you know, what does, like, for instance, the, the whole script takes place in one house. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that house is going to look like when I'm done. I have to go find that house. Mm-hmm. Once I have a location, I might have better ideas knowing exactly what the layout of the house is right. rather than me imagining the best house possible and then trying to find it and not being able to find it yeah. and then having to rewrite the script anyways. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, if I had think, if I thought of the alternate in, in those terms, like it's just going to be a real house and we're going to make that house work no matter what the house is rather than being like, it needs to be a house with a basement. It needs to have this and right. that, you know, like those things and like deciding that I want to shoot the the basement office on a stage. Those are kind of the, some of the reasons why I feel like it can't really be done for less than, you know, whatever low $500,000 budget or whatever. Um, but if I was to think of it like, oh, it's just a house Oh, we'll, we'll figure out this. Well, it'll, it will be fluid. Uh, it just needs to be something. If I was like more loose on my description of the location, I think I could probably do it for under a hundred thousand dollars, you know, but I'm yeah. just, I have such a clear vision of what I want the house to look like and I, what I want the office to look like and all this stuff that I'm just not really willing to compromise for that story, you know? Yeah. But I, I was, I was yep. also wanted to comment, like, you know, for strange thing, that's kind of what I did. Like I wrote the first draft of the script and I was uh-huh. like, you know, it, it wasn't even the ending. It was just like up into going into the portal. And then I think I can't remember what point I scheduled my casting, but it was like really quick. It was like, Oh, this is the story I want to tell. Um, all right, let's schedule a casting session for like <laughs> two weeks from now. And then it was like yeah. that put them all the ball in motion, and that's how I made that movie was by setting my my casting, you know. So I feel like in a lot of ways, I I, I totally hear what you're saying. Like you just need to like set it rolling. But I just think that at least one draft, <laughs> even if it's not a complete draft, like just have some draft that you believe in before you go into it. Yeah. Because with just an outline, I feel like oh, it's so crazy. I don't know. Well, here I am. Okay, today is Tuesday, March twenty first. Guaranteed. In three weeks from today, I'll be singing a different tune. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh, man, I don't want to produce anything, Ulrich, unless I know it's going to be like a great movie. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'll change my mind. But right now at this very moment, I'm like inspired. I want to just make it happen. I want to not worry too much about the perfection of it. And, and, I, and I believe in this idea. I believe in the kernel of the idea. I love the characters. I love like the world that it takes place in. And so I feel like that's enough for me to feel confidence that like this is the movie I should go out and start figuring mm. out. Yeah, so. cool. Well, it sounds great, man. Well, you know, keep me in mind as your producer. I want to yeah. be in, in the loop, man. If you yeah. could stand to work with me again. <laughs> I would love to work with you again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like uh, one of our listeners, um, Captain Blue, well, Captain Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Boat, Taylor right? Yeah, what's his his handle? I can't remember. Anyways, yeah, Captain Blue. Yeah, he uh, he reached out uh, to me about producing one of his short films um, that he's been sh- he shared with us a few drafts, and you've given him feedback on, and I've you yeah. know have not. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like I I want to consider all possibilities. Like like I want people to send me their things, but. You know, like, uh, Hassan, uh, who was on our show, he sent me a couple scripts that he was considering, that he wanted me to consider producing with him. And, um, you know, it was funny because, like, he sent me these scripts, but his email that he sent me was obviously, like, a version of what I'm sending out to people for the alternate. So it's like, he's like in the same sort yeah. of boat that I am, you know, with his projects. 
And, um, you know, the first script he sent, I didn't really like. It, it was like, it was cool, whatever. It just wasn't my kind of story. And then the second one was like, oh, yeah, I could totally be a part of this. Like, this is awesome. And I read the first 25 pages and I was like hooked. And then, you know, he's been bugging me like, oh, yeah, read the, read the rest. Like, oh, that's, that's whatever. This is what I'm looking for. Let's do it. And it's like, like, on one hand, like, it, the, the, <laughs> the last half of the script would have to be, so, it would have to be so, so good in order for me to like drop all my own projects and, and produce it for right. him. Like, I'm not saying, or, or with him, like we would do it together, obviously, but like, I'm not saying I'm not going to do that, but I just want to set the, the bar so high for that kind of thing. Like it has to be a really amazing story in order for me to like jump in as, as a producer. Like it has to be something I really believe in. And that is like really up my alley with like genre and like the kind of movies I want to make. Like I can't just produce right. anything, you know? So I, I, from what I know about your movie artifice, like that's really in line with like the kind of stuff I want to do in a lot of ways. So that's why I'm like more interested in that. But like, right. you know, Hassan's movie is like, you know, it's very different. It's like David Lynchian, like, you know, crazy psychological thriller, drama, kind of dark comedy. And like, it's great, but it's like, I don't really want to make those kinds of movies as a, as a filmmaker myself, even though I enjoy those movies and I like it and I think it's interesting. It's just like, that's not necessarily where I want to go with my career. So maybe that's not the best movie to go out and like dive yeah, into. I know what you mean. Like the best thing you can do is build an IMDb page that represents like the world that you want to live in as a filmmaker. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, and it's like the same thing I feel about like my commercial reels. Like I only want to work on the stuff that's going to like fit into that world because that's just going to give me more opportunities in that world. It's like you listen to uh, Oren on Just Shoot It talk about like the movie he made. That's kind of like giving, getting them typecast as a director for like those kind of movies. That's a, seems like it's hard for him to break out from there right and that that's kind of the danger is like if you if you make a movie in a, in a genre as kind of like your first film and you're not and that's not what you want to keep on doing then there's a chance that you might get stuck yeah in that doing that unless you like go out and do another one on your own again yeah so i i completely understand that i, I feel like at the same time yeah. you, you you know the opportunity to make a movie is an opportunity to make a movie right and i feel like if he had a budget ready to go and he was like will you produce this for me that would be a different story but like you know since yeah. i need to help like be a part of the fundraising with him and whatever like i just can't really do right. that like i'm not saying i would never do that but it's way easier for me to jump on a project if there's a budget in place then I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll produce this. Like, I don't have a budget in place for any of my own projects. Might as well just go out and make this movie and then like I'll grow, learn and, and, uh, you know, develop as a filmmaker through producing this film for someone else. But if, if they're in the same exact position as me, it's like, you know, why should I do that? But then again, on the other hand, it's like if they had a budget, then they wouldn't think they would need me, <laughs> even though they probably could use my help in a big way. Like I still would be instrumental to them in getting the movie made. Like if like, let's say Hassan or another director friend of ours or something like had $200,000 to go make their movie, they probably wouldn't. They'd be like, yes, I'm here. I'm going to go produce my movie with my $200,000 budget. They wouldn't be reaching out to like producer friends they know who haven't made features before to 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 make their movie they'd <laughs> right. either be doing it themselves or they'd reach out to producers who have made movies before um you know and try to use that budget for them but like when they have nothing they're like well anybody's one's okay right um but i'm just saying like you know that's just not realistic for for like most producers like 
you know, it's, it's going to be really rare for you to find a producer who's going to be willing to help you raise your money, you know, like you really just have to do it. Um, so if anyone has a budget and wants to make a movie, I'm here. (laughs) Hello. Auric is available. I'm ready. If anyone has a budget and wants to make a movie and they need a director, I'm I'm available. I'm also available for that too. God damn it. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm the director director and I'm also a producer. But Wait, can you produce and direct at the same time? I, well, I can, you know, do at least a little bit of that. I'll bring in my my buddy Jeff Kramer to to produce. If if, if there's someone's <laughs> like saying, "Hey, I want you to direct and produce a movie," I'll be like, "Sure, I'll direct it for you." I got my the best producer ever right here, Jeff Kramer, and he'll come yeah. in and produce it, and then we'll be set. It's funny. That's what it's the danger, right? Like if I'm saying, "Oh, I'll produce, produce, produce." Then no one's going to think about me as a director. And like, if I say direct, 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 then, you know, I mean, my work has to be at a level and getting, getting out into the world in in a way that people are like, yeah, like, fuck yeah. But I mean, I think right now I'm producing more. I'm posting about producing projects. People are like, oh yeah, he's a producer. Go, go watch that Gareth Edwards thing. Yeah. He talks a lot about that too. Cause like he, he went through the path of being a visual effects artist thinking that that would lead to directing and it was a struggle to get out of being seen as a visual effects artist mm-hmm. and be a director. And he basically just uh, blackmailed people and said, I'll do your visual effects if you let me direct. Hmm. Yeah. And that's how he got his first directing job. Interesting. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think in one hand, I, I, even though I want to worry about that, I think I can't worry about that. Like, it's like, <laughs> I just need to take the projects I want to take. You know, right. Take, use the experience for what it is, which is just making you a stronger filmmaker, regardless of whether you're producing or directing. Exactly. Like you'll, it's all good stuff to be on set and like be doing. Right. It. Totally. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> well, we should wrap this up. Um, do you have anything to share this week? I have one more iTunes review. Really? Holy shit. Yep. This is from uh, March 15th from Homer Lewag. Mm. Timothy and Ulrich's wonderful podcast is just what I need in my current state as a filmmaker. The information they share is insightful, honest, and often funny. They question each other's insights, which brings an honest light to the many different subjects. As a new filmmaker who wants to take that next step working with directors, producers, agencies, and experienced crew, this podcast came at the perfect time. Keep up the good work. Wow. Thanks. It's awesome. Thanks, Homer. Yeah, thanks, Homer. Um, You know, I love hearing people like get back to us on the show and how it's affected them or how they're they're benefiting from it it's really nice because you know i I think we've said this a bunch just to be super repetitive for um for will um you know i think we get more out of it than the listeners do in a lot of ways because these weekly conversations we have i i know i you know gain a lot from from them each time whether it's a guest or with just you you know so um so yeah, I'm glad to hear that other people are benefiting too. It's good for me to get out of my own head and just like bounce something off of somebody else. And just yeah. like, like even just saying out loud, like, yeah, I'm thinking about like jumping into production and artifice and hearing a reaction to it is good. Yeah, totally. And it's funny because a couple other filmmaker friends of mine have reached out in the last few weeks and, and said that they, you know, discovered the podcast or, or gave it a listen or was listening to it on a, their drive from, you know, San Francisco to L.A. or back from L.A. to San Francisco. And it's just fun to hear that, like, while we're talking about this L.A. versus San Francisco stuff that, uh, you know, people are listening to it on their drive back and forth 
<laughs> I think it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. And it's nice to hear that, you know, new people I didn't know listen to the podcast or just finding it are, are listening and liking it. And that's pretty sweet. So Yes, we appreciate hearing that you're out there. So like, yeah. if, even if you just want to send us a, an email and just say like, hey, what's up, guys? I, I found your podcast. I like it for this and this reason. It means a lot to us. Oh, yeah. And even even more if you put it on iTunes, because then it's out there for the world to see. But either way, like it's just good to hear that you guys are out there and you're listening, which, by the way, we have exceeded our 500 downloads a week. We are at like 700 a week right now consistently yeah, really? for like four weeks. So I think we can now say that you were right and I was wrong. <laughs> Aren't we breaking it a thousand every once in a while, too? Like, well, I don't know how much to believe that. Yeah. Like two episodes mean? have broke a thousand. Two, two have. OK. Yeah. And I don't know, like where those like how that happens and I, I like to look at consistency if it's consistent then I believe it if it's like a fluke where all of a sudden it like hits a thousand one week I'm like why why, why is that hmm. I don't know if I believe that well when it reaches 10,000 one week then we'll be like <laughs> you know whatever dude it'll never reach 10,000 yeah you don't think so no yeah, but I also I said it would. We would never get more than five hundred, and here we are. That's, so. that's true. I wonder what it would take for us to get ten thousand downloads. I, I think it would like. I don't know. We'd have to get a celebrity on. Um, you know, probably some, a, a movie on Netflix or one a of movie our, in the theater. One of yeah, our like movies what, on Netflix. Yeah, like we made a movie that like some people saw. Like if we made a movie that won Sundance, or a movie that was on Netflix, or a movie that w- was in theaters, like something that was out there in the world that people would like search our names and then find out we had a podcast and then join us to listen. I think that would make it. I, I mean, that's I, a that's a shit ton of listeners. Yeah, my uh, my theory is a celebrity, like a celebrity filmmaker or a celebrity actor or somebody if we had one of those kinds of people as a guest i think we could break um i don't know a thousand <laughs> a thousand i think we could break like two or three thousand easy with a celebrity you know no i but, think you're overestimating really yeah well because if we just had let's say we had kevin smith on our podcast all of a sudden right I mean, how would people know? Like, well, we're not Kevin, advertising. Kevin Smith isn't a really good example because he does so many damn podcasts. Like, no one really, okay. I mean, he can listen. People Let's listen say, to him every week. Like, like we had it, Shane Carruth. Shane Carruth says, hey, Ulrich, I'm, I'm willing to be in your podcast. And he's on. How are people going to know that Shane Carruth is on our podcast? Are we going to advertise it? Are we going to buy um, some media on Facebook? And I don't know. I mean, he'll tweet about it. He's got a bunch of Twitter followers. Um, you he know. might not tweet about it. He might just be like, cool, that was fun. Let me know how it goes. I think he would tweet about it. I mean, I think so. For, so like, you think that the fact they they're them telling their fans is what's going to bring him to yeah, us? Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, okay. I mean, it worked. It, it worked know. with uh, you know with some of the other guests we've had on. It, it even worked like when we got on uh, the Nerdist as a shout out on the the community corkboard thing. Like we got some listeners from that back when we had like five listeners, we got like up to 50 or something through that. I don't know if it went from five to 50, but there was <laughs> a few people who reached up. out to us who were like, oh, we heard, I heard you on the Nerdist, whatever. And that's how they found <laughs> yes, us. Like three people. No, I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That's still something. Okay. Well, speaking of celebrities, who are we going to have on for our hundredth episode? I'm working on it. I, I've drafted an email, started drafting an email during lunch yesterday, and I'm going to send out <laughs> at least one today, maybe, maybe a few. And, uh. 
You know, I've get beginning getting a lot of no's from these celebrity guests. <laughs> At least you're getting a no. That's good. Yeah, I'm not always getting no's. Sometimes I get just, you know, radio silence. But uh, I've gotten a few no's. And uh, I got a couple like, yeah, I would love to, but not right now from a couple, um, you know, pretty well-known people. So mm. it's encouraging that they're at least responding and saying like, yeah, I would be down for it when I have something to talk about, you know. Um, so that's kind of cool that I'm like not being ignored, but, uh, yeah, I have like a list of like, well, just an endless list really, but I have like, you know, at least one that I'm drafting now and then a few more I have in mind. So I'm going to really, now that I'm done with this project, I'm really going to push it hard and try to try to find somebody. So we'll see if it happens in time for the hundredth. Who knows? I hope so. That would be awesome. Well, thanks yeah. for doing that. Of course, man. Yeah, and if anyone famous is listening to this, <laughs> we would love you on our show, <laughs> especially if you're in the world of indie filmmaking. But that we're not. I mean, should we clarify? We're not. It's not no, like we're, yeah. we're trying to get somebody famous just for the sake of getting no. listeners. The reason we're trying, we're just trying to look for a perspective we haven't heard before. We and wanna, like that yeah. seems like the next logical thing for like a hundredth episode. You want somebody that's like leaps and bounds ahead of us. Like the Just Shoot It guys are good because they're leaps ahead of us in, in one way, but they're also unknowns. It would be great to get somebody that's like in their position that people know them, like people have heard right. them, that the, their story is like kind of out there. Yeah, to be to be very clear, like I'm not just blasting out to random directors and filmmakers and actors that I want to be on the podcast because they're popular. I'm selecting people who are specifically interesting to me and I know to Timothy, like that movies that we admire, filmmakers whose story we like and I want to hear more about, you know, or like, oh, how do they go from doing this to directing this movie? Or how are they dealing with the success of after this movie's released? They made a really cool movie that everyone liked. Why aren't they making another movie right now? Like, those are the kinds of um, conversations that I'm trying to find with different filmmakers. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, they might not be people that you even know of, that, but people that, like, you probably heard of their movie, but you don't know their name, you know? Or maybe you haven't even heard of their movie before, you know? So... I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just trying to find people that I've seen their movie uh, or their movies, and I want to hear how they made their movie or how they're what they're doing next. It's not even just about what they've done before. I'm trying to make it very clear in my pitch that I don't want to just hear the same story they've told on other podcasts or in other interviews years ago. Like I want to hear about what they're doing now. Like what are the struggles are they dealing with now as a director? You know, because um, I think that's what's really interesting to me. And like. You know, like I'll just shout him out, like Joe Cornish. Like I tried to get Joe Cornish on on the podcast, and his agent or manager, or public publicist, his publicist got back to me and said, "Oh, yeah, Joe would be great. Would love to be on the podcast, but when he has something to talk about." And I'm like, "But now is a good he time. He does have something to talk about. Talk he's about a filmmaker. He's, right. Yeah, like I see his name attached to this, and then it gets dropped off, or he, he like doesn't get this movie made or whatever. Like I just want to hear what's going on, Joe. Like you know." Or like, um, you know, Dan Trachtenberg was one that I tried to reach Ooh. out to, heard back from his publicist. And um, yeah, I'm going to just shout them all out. Uh, <laughs> the guy, I can't remember his name right now, but the guy who directed The Witch, like I, uh, Egg, right. Eggers, mm-hmm. uh, I think Eggers is his last name. I reached out to him. They, I didn't hear back from him at all. Complete radio silence. Um, yeah. Adam Wingard, who did The Guest, mm-hmm. um, which yeah, I really liked, reached out to him. Um, you know, uh, Jeremy Saulnier, who we both love, reached out to yep. him. So, you know, just kind of going after people that we've probably mentioned on the show or movies that we've at least talked about. 
and like first time directors a lot. A lot of first time directors are, are filmmakers who made one movie and then like got a big movie after that. Like those kinds of people are like who I really want to l- learn from. Um, so if any of those kinds of people are listening, hit us up. <laughs> what about Barry Jenkins? Yeah, I, uh, I'm, that's what I'm working on now. Um, kind of. I, I, I don't want to like, well, yeah, so I'm, I'm at, cause I, I, I know Adele Romansky who, who's produced that movie a very, very, very little bit. Like she, she backed Strange Thing and like I rented some stuff to her before and I worked with her husband, James Laxton and I, you know, sort of in contact with them. So I'm, I'm going to try to get Adele on the show. That's my big, my big email I'm writing now. So. We'll see if that works. Um, I don't know. <laughs> she might just ignore my email. Uh, another, I'm going to call out Maris right now, Maris Karan, who I know really, like, I don't know her well, but like, I worked with her for like two years, you know, years ago. I reached out to her, no, no response. I'm like, come on, Maris, like, come on, you know, like, you, you know me, like, what, you're not going to respond to my email? Okay, fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Wait, what's the company that Barry Jenkins is connected to in the Bay Area? Um, I don't remember the name of his company. Is it, is it Sprinkle Lab? I don't think so. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I know that he, he was, him and James and a couple other people started a company. I don't know if it's in LA now or not, or there's another company in, in the Bay Area that he's connected to, but I know they both have deep connections in the Bay Area because James was here for a long time. And, you know, that's kind of how I know him because I worked on a movie that he DP'd right before he moved to LA, basically. So I don't know. I mean, Whatever. Well, we'll see. I mean, everyone's oh, busy, right? Like, I, I guess I shouldn't really take it offen- like offense, like right? You know, like people <laughs> well, are busy. Yeah. People have lives. Like, you know. I think I explained it to you is like we don't have enough listeners to make it like that tasty of a proposition. It's really about finding a filmmaker that wants to help the community and just like come on and like and do. It just something. wants to have the. Like, con- I think other thing yeah, a little probably different. is like that. You know, they don't necessarily want to have the conversation we want to have. Like they don't want to talk about their insecurities. <laughs> they don't want to talk about <laughs> right. like the struggles. They they don't want to like you know air their dirty laundry. Like not that I'm necessarily asking for that. It's like I want an honest conversation the way that we have honest conversations. So I don't know. And then I think maybe some people are scared of that. I don't know. That's, I mean, I'm just guessing, but, uh, but yeah, if any of those people are listening, we'd love to have you. <laughs> please, please. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not really offended. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I just, uh, it's nice to get responses. Even if it's a no, it's nice to get that. No, let's just put it that way. But, yeah. uh, but I know people are busy and like, you know, whatever. A lot of these people who, even the people I know, I haven't talked to in years. So it's like, and they probably don't even know I have a podcast. So they're like, <laughs> right. what? All has a podcast now? Like, what the fuck? You know? But, uh, I don't know. The other thing about that is I hope that, like, since we have 90 episodes or 94 episodes done, like, maybe that, like, at least shows that we're serious podcasters, you know, that we're right. not just, like, fakers, you know? It's not like, oh, episode five, will you be on my show? It's like, <laughs> you know, we do have listeners, you know, even if they're not 10,000, you know? Anyways. Okay, I'll, I'll take us out now. I, I don't have the paper either, so I'm going to completely just wing it. But, uh, you know, thanks so much for listening. If you uh, want to, um, you know, learn more, you can go to makingmoviesishard.com and you can find uh, info about this episode and all the other episodes of the show. Um, I'm on Twitter at AllrickB, Timothy's at Timothy Plain. And you can also follow follow the podcast itself on Facebook and Twitter at MMIH Podcast. And if you like the show, you can leave us an iTunes review like uh, Will Springhorn, Ju- Springhorn Jr. and Homer, what was it? 
Leewog. Leewog um, did. Sure, I'm saying that wrong. But yeah, thank you to both of you for those wonderful reviews. And yeah, uh, you know, also just tell a friend, share it out, you know. And if you have a, a question or a topic suggestion or a suggestion for a guest, which we'll be beginning a lot of these lately, which we really appreciate. And I really want to make it clear, like if we don't get back to you soon enough or we say, yeah, we'll check into it. And we don't respond. Uh, it's nothing personal, you know. And if and if you're not, you know, if you don't get on the show, if you request, it's, it's also not personal. It's just like, you know, it's hard to find a guest that we both like are really interested in and like. It's not that we're not interested in everybody. It's just like, it's got to be the right kind of story that, you know, there's something deeper to dig into, you know, where it's like, cause everyone has struggles making a movie. Like, I think like just the struggle of making a movie isn't enough of a story. It has to be like, what, why was this particularly difficult to make this movie? You know, like what was the specific struggles that, you know, specific struggles that you overcame, you know, like those are the kinds of things that I think, you know, would really help people get brought on the show like how'd you go about your distribution how'd you go about your fundraising how'd you go about like getting your cast together like those kinds of like more niche topics i think would help um you know illustrate to us why you'd make a good uh guest on the show you know so you know just a note for people like it's not enough to be like hey i'm a filmmaker can i be on your show which we've gotten a couple of those it needs to be more like I'm a filmmaker. This is what I want to talk about specifically. And this is why it's important to you and your listeners. And then it's like, oh, let me just add to that. I would say I'm a filmmaker and here's something. And this is the way I did it. That's different than a lot of other filmmakers have done. Like, here's the different way that I raise money for my film. Or here's a different way that I got an actor attached to my film. Or here's a different way that I got distribution. I think we've heard like so many stories about like how movies are made. We all have an understanding of it, but to hear like a different way of doing it is kind of the, the more interesting route. Yeah, like this guy. I think he actually just messaged me and not the the making movies is hard uh, thing, but like Ryan Chamley, he was talking about um, how he got 10 million views online through a series of like memes and vines that he created from his web series. So he would like start with like a little meme or vine that he'd release once a week or whatever. And then like, they'd all just be really short and like involving like, you know, different characters from the web series. And they would just like be kind of kitschy and kind of fun and kind of like, you know, whatever they're supposed to like, like viral bait basically. And then I think one of them went viral and then it kind of helped a lot of the other ones get out there into the world. So it, all together, they, they equaled 10 million hits, I think, but his freaking web series isn't even released yet. It's coming out in like April. So like, He's like, I was like, well, how's that helped you? And he's like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know if that those all those memes, <laughs> yeah. those views on all those memes and our Twitter account or whatever he's doing. I don't even know if that's going to help people see the show, but I hope it does. So it'll be really interesting to see what that relates to. But he would be an interesting guest because like, yeah, that's a unique story that I haven't really heard before. Yeah. So it'd be fun to talk to him about that, you know? So that's a good example of the types of people that I think would be interesting on the show or just, but it's not even the types of person. It's just like the story is unique. So just make your story unique or, you know, what you want to talk about interesting. Give us a topic, you know. I don't know. I think people are getting <laughs> what I'm trying to say here. I get it. You get it. And But that email is, um, was it? Podcast. Podcast at makingmoviesishard.com. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. All right. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for listening. And Timothy, please cut this episode down to <laughs> at least an hour and 15 minutes, if not less. <laughs> okay, will do. All right. Bye. Bye.